Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing Podcast. This audio was originally recorded as a video, which you can watch on YouTube at Divine Truth Sharing. God bless. Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing. I'm delighted you're here. In today's video, I'm going to quickly recap what it means to be truly saved. So what is true salvation? What is the Holy Spirit and its true purpose? Quickly recap those and then I'm going to jump into what is soul, what is spirit body, and what is the mortal body? In other words, what are we? So let's get started. So to quickly recap, True salvation, as I've mentioned in previous videos, is when we become so filled with God's divine love in our souls that our souls are completely transformed and we have achieved at one with God. That's what it means to be Christed. That's what was modeled by our brother Jesus, our Savior and Way-Shower, and that's what God hopes each of us will choose to become. And of course, we do that through prayer directly to God. And that's what true salvation is. That's what gets us into the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus came to teach us. And of course, for those who don't make that choice, they still eventually make their way to a paradise beyond our wildest imaginings. But that paradise is finite and the kingdom of God is infinite. Now, what is the Holy Spirit and what is its purpose? The Holy Spirit is an aspect of God and God is soul. We're going to get into that a little bit more in just a moment. So the Holy Spirit is one aspect of soul. It's the active component of God's soul that comes out from himself to commune directly with us. It's activated by our prayers, by our soul longings, our true aspirations to receive God. And it transports the very essence of God's love directly into our souls and transforms us into the very essence of God so that we become God's true children. And that is the purpose and the soul, S-O-U-L and S-O-L-E, purpose of the Holy Spirit. Now we call it the Comforter because when we are receiving God's divine love, it's an experience of blissful and perfect peace felt uh, like a warm glow in the heart region that feels and is indeed received as being tremendously comforting. And so the Holy Spirit is called the Comforter. And that's just our quick recap on those subjects. So now I want to move into what is soul, what is spirit body, and what is the mortal body? Well, we'll start with the most important part, and that is soul. And soul is who we truly are. It is the aspect of us 
that was created in the image of God, in the likeness of God, and the only aspect of us that was. Soul is a bit paradoxical because it is material substance without form, but it can be perceived by the developed soul perceptions, though it cannot be seen. So we're going to get into that a little bit later too. But the soul is the aspect of ourselves that can communicate with God and that can be transformed into the very essence of God. And in fact, whether we make that transformation or not, soul is and remains the true essence of ourselves. It is the aspect of ourselves created unique and distinct from every other soul. It's the true essence of our personalities, and it includes those qualities that make us unique, that are perfect and of God. So some are naturally more um, contemplative, and some are naturally more joyous, and some may be perhaps more musical and others more artistic and others more scientific and so on. But it's the, it's the aspect of each individual that makes you uniquely you. It is separate from and higher than the material mind. The material mind is an aspect of the brain and it functions uh, as a partner in partnership with the uh, soul's mind or consciousness, uh, the soul's mind or consciousness, as I said, being the true essence, and the material mind does die with the body. And soul is unlike anything else in creation. So only soul can understand soul. So, for example, as I'm trying to describe it here using language, it doesn't matter how perfect my language is, my description will be completely imperfect because there really is no way to describe it. But a soul can commune with another soul and perceive in a deep way that is meaningful, that cannot be described, that is very real. Again, material substance without form. Our souls were created pure in addition to being unique and perfect. And the purpose of our souls is so that we can connect and commune with God. Again, God wanted a family. God wanted children. God wanted to experience uh, communion. And that's what is the true purpose of our souls. And the soul is who we are, and it never leaves us as long as we exist. And we will exist forever if and when we choose to become transformed into atonement with God. And so that brings me to the very important point that the soul is subject to the free will. And that's because God wanted true children and not robots or puppets. So he had to give us this element of free will so that we could choose our path. And as we've talked about in previous videos, there are two paths that you can go by. Um, the 
animal path or the spiritual path. And that's really it. And for those who choose the material path or the animal path, they will progress to the sixth sphere where they will top out and their progress will um, stagnate. Although it's a paradise and most of the souls who end up there are content to stay there, uh, although they don't know if they're immortal. So they still speculate as to whether or not they will one day cease to exist and they do not know and nor do we because God has not revealed that to us. So the natural love path is limited and the divine love path is unlimited. Now that's who we are at the core. The spirit body is the perfectly custom-made encasement for the soul. And the spirit body is what enables the soul to be seen by other souls. So soul can perceive soul on some conscious level but cannot see soul. And we are told in the messages that even the angels, even the celestials, even Jesus cannot see souls. They can sense them and know that they're there and even can sense their unique and individual personalities, but cannot actually see them until the soul incarnates into a mortal body. And at the time of incarnation into a mortal body, that is when we receive our spirit body, which covers the soul. And then the spirit body and the soul go into the mortal body and are covered by the mortal body. Now the spirit body does not need to eat and therefore does not need to eliminate and also does not need to sleep. Although spirits do need to rest. They work hard. Uh, the higher spirits work very hard to try to help we humans here on earth and in fact even a lot of uh, well-developed spirits in the, some of the lower spheres, not, not the earth plane and below, but say for example spheres four and six, uh, they work very hard to bring science and medicine and music and art and architecture and things that, uh, technologies even, that will help us here on planet earth. They work hard and sometimes they do need rest uh, to, to recreate but they don't need to actually sleep. The spirit body is very exciting and interesting in one aspect in particular, and that is that it is the perfect visual representation of the soul condition. So, uh, the more love that is in the soul, whether natural or divine, the brighter the countenance of the spirit body will be and the more beautiful. Although there is a very noticeable difference between even the high natural love and the divine love. For example, we are told in the messages that there is no spirit in the sixth sphere, which is the highest sphere of the natural love, that is as beautiful as a spirit in the third sphere who has some divine love in their soul. So they're only in the third sphere, but they're on the divine love path. And they are physically in their spirit body, visually, clearly and distinctly 
brighter and more beautiful than the highest, most developed spirit on the natural love path in the sixth sphere. So that's something interesting. And I mentioned in one of my earlier videos that most people don't give God much thought, don't give prayer much thought, in even if they're religious, it's a religion of the mind and not so much of the heart or soul. And so even if they, uh, say for example, believe with their mind that Jesus is their savior, they also may believe that his blood is, is what's going to save them and they haven't really lived a life dedicated to God. They cross into the world of spirit. They think they're going to go to heaven. Almost everyone goes into the earth sphere where there's some darkness and some suffering. Um, and there was one woman who, in a near-death experience, and I mentioned this previously, Betty J. Eady, was able to articulate that she was only about 7% light. And she was a perfectly normal person. I mean, she was a housewife and mother. She There was nothing uh, extraordinary about her. She wasn't a, a, a thief, a rapist, a murderer, you know, any of those terrible things. And she was pretty dim. So uh, the people who are really out of harmony with God, such as those that I just mentioned, they're going to be below. They're going to come into the earth, or I'm sorry, they're going to come into the spirit world below the earth sphere. So in one of the lower hells, and again, there are many levels of, of hell as well, and their spirit body is going to reflect the condition of their soul. So they may be very dark, and quite ugly, we're told. And in fact, uh, their physical appearance, the way in which they are ugly, the particular um, traits, physiological traits that their spirit body takes on, can indicate the ways in which they are wicked. Um, now, the good news is that as we've said before, nobody has to stay down there. But it gets very hard to come out because you're surrounded only, you're in the darkness and you're surrounded by darkness and you have only other beings who are dark like you, uh, who have similar experiences and thoughts and so you're kind of perpetrating those awful experiences on each other. And uh, as one soul put it, it's pretty hard to think of heavenly things when you're in hell. So this is why I'm so passionate about this ministry and I really pray deeply that you will open your soul and come to God because um, it's a beautiful place to be. So there are some beings who can sense the spirit body, although I don't know how many people can actually see it, but the celestials, when they look at us, so when Jesus looks at you, he sees your spirit body, so he sees the actual condition of your soul. Uh, there are some people here who can perceive that to some degree, that spirit body, and they may call it the elemental body, the subtle body, the light body, or the energetic body, all the same thing. Uh, it's real and it does exist. And when we talk or, you know, we read in the Bible about when you cross into the world of spirit, well, they don't say that. I think they say when you're resurrected after the judgment day. But regardless that you're going to get a new body in heaven, you really don't. Um, it's your spirit body. But your spirit body does become renewed and 
ever more beautiful and ever brighter as your soul develops. So the higher you go, the more beautiful you become until you're so bright that uh, people who are not at the same level of you only see you as a light. They can't even see your body. They just see a bright light that's frankly blinding. So, um, but I do believe we can still see each other at those levels and, and communicate because that's what makes us happy is to be together. It's a beautiful thing. So that brings us to the mortal body. So the material body is also called the mortal body or the physical body. I like to think of it like an earth suit. It is um, just like for astronauts, a suit that enables them to interact in space where there's no gravity and there's no air. Uh, our mortal body, our physical body, our material body is what enables us to have a life here on planet Earth. And I really uh, discern from the messages that our whole experience on Earth, it's really like a pre-birth. It's, it's, as I've said before, a playground, or you could call it a proving ground, or a testing ground, or some people call it kindergarten, or whatever, but your real life doesn't even begin until you enter the, uh, until you enter the spirit world. The mortal experience is the shortest span of our lives, but the single most important because it's here that we choose that initial trajectory that's going to set us on one of those two paths, the greater or the lesser. So the material body does not directly reflect the condition of the soul. It's unlike the spirit body in that. So you can have some people who are physically quite beautiful, but at the soul level, very dark, or perhaps even ugly, but we won't know. The mortal body, um, it, it's impacted by genetics, by environment, by occupations. Although I will say that um, I think that you can see especially as a person gets along in years, sometimes you can see a bright, a bright soul shining through a somewhat less than lovely physical body. For example, we've all probably met elderly people who are somehow luminescent. Uh, their eyes are bright and twinkling. There's an essence about them that's light, that's shining, and it, it's irrespective of the color of their flesh. I want to say that skin tone and skin color, when we talk about light being closer to God, we're not talking about skin tone or skin color. All colors are beautiful. God loves diversity. And in fact, most humans have dark skin. Uh, if you look around the whole globe, um, the fair skinned humans are in the minority um, globally. It's not about that. It's about the luminescence of the soul that is somehow beaming through the and permeating the flesh. So as um, humans mature and become adults, sometimes we can see some soul condition. For example, if a person has abused themselves and or others, we may notice a dissipation in their physical body. They may look as if they've put themselves or others or both through the ringer by their wrinkles or their bags or 
jowls or sags or whatever, but not necessarily. And it's very important for us not to judge because we really don't know um, anyone's soul condition, maybe not even our own. Um, and we certainly know that there's not a direct correlation in the mortal body's uh, condition to the spirit body and the soul condition. And I think that's a blessing and just an, one of the countless aspects of God's merciful, compassionate generosity that he gives all of us cover. We have cover. Your soul will have cover forever. Your soul is never going to be exposed. It gets cover. And if you look in the animal kingdom here on earth, you will notice that every single animal is designed with some kind of opportunity or way to cover themselves or camouflage themselves if they're out in the open. And it's really no different with us. God gives us those aspects. We can dye our hair and put on makeup and wear beautiful clothes or you know jewelry or whatever and we can present ourselves a certain way and God allows us that opportunity for cover here on planet Earth while we're in the infancy of our experience, of our life experience. But when we cross over into the world of spirit, ah, it's time to mature, it's time to grow a little, and God removes that. We do not get cover on the other side. So we're divvied up based on our soul condition. We're with other souls of similar condition. We cannot hide our condition not from each other, not from ourselves. Uh, we can't go where our condition does not befit us to dwell. We cannot lie. And in this way, we come face to face with the truth in a way that we may not have done on earth. And in fact, most of us have not. And that's why these teachings are so vital. And I'm hoping that they get spread across the globe because every single soul should have the opportunity to come face to face with the truth and open themselves to a loving parental creator whose arms are always open and ready to embrace us in love and compassion and mercy to give us the support we need to learn and to grow and to ultimately become at one. So just to close out on the physical body, as we're aware, we come in as infants, then toddlers, then children, then adolescents, then adults, and if we are so privileged, we become aged. And that's the trajectory for every mortal body if you are given the opportunity to dwell on the planet long enough. But whatever phase you cross over into the earth or into the spirit world, whether you cross over from infancy or in the aged or anywhere in between, you have a silver cord that connects your soul and spirit body to your mortal body. And when your mortal body dies, that silver cord is severed. And once that cord is cut, 
Never again can the soul and spirit body re-enter that mortal body and nor can any other soul or spirit body. So there is no resurrection of the mortal body and no reincarnation either. All the development begins here and finishes on the other side. So these are the important truths. This is the information that I hope and pray you will choose to embrace and ponder or at least experiment through your own prayers with discernment. The more that our will can come into alignment with God's will, can come into harmony with God's will, the happier, healthier, and holier we'll be. And the easier time we'll have on the other side when we first cross over. And we'll be so grateful. And as well, the, the greater opportunities we'll have to help each other along this path. And that's such a blessing and so important. If you don't believe at this moment that God loves you, pray. With prayer will come faith. We'll fit with faith will come an opening of your soul. With an opening of your soul will come the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit will come God's divine love. With God's divine love will come spiritual perceptions, growth, development, happiness, contentment, peace. These are the things that I long for, for you. So I hope you'll take the time today to say some prayers. God loves you, and so do I. God bless. So with that, I'll see you next time. And remember, you are deeply, truly loved. God bless.